Hey, what's going on, everybody? My name is Reagan. And my name is Victor. And welcome to Sanctified-ish, conversations with pastors who have not figured it out. So, I was scrolling on TikTok the other day, Mm -hmm. and, you know, just as one does, random video after random video, and all of a sudden... I, I scroll to this video and it's it's just like a video of a auditorium of like a church mm-hmm. a sanctuary if you will yeah but it's hipster it's like it's like a warehouse you know like one of those and from the ceiling there are these tracks and it almost looks like you know for like for a harness to hold people up yeah and then the video cuts to like them rehearsing for their Christmas service and they have like strapped humans into these like devices. Yeah. With yeah, drums. I know what you're talking about. And they're like playing the drums as they float over the people in the auditorium. And I just thought that was the most interesting thing ever. And I figured I would take that, lob it at you, and see what your <laughs> thoughts were. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> oh, th- thank you. Thank you for doing this I'll to me. I set you up I, for success. I appreciate it. And everybody <laughs> just started recording the podcast right now. Um... I, I struggle with stuff like this. I do. Cause I'm like, I don't know the church and like, you don't know the church. And so I think working in a church, like it's very easy to know there are things that go on behind the scenes. There are purposes of things you do that nobody else knows about. Um, also we've seen a 15 second clip of yeah. what is probably like an hour, hour and a half long program. Um, like I don't love to take the side of the, the Christian <laughs> TikTokers who are like, just like in the name of accountability and iron sharpening iron, just create these 30 second TikTok videos that are not helpful. Yeah. It's more like Christian clickbait than anything else. Yeah. Um, at the same time, <laughs> <laughs> if I had a church, I'm like, I don't think I'd be having drummers hanging from the ceiling. Um, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, I don't think I'd ever get to that point. Um, I just, I just imagine, you know, how do they get down? So if, if, if they're yeah. doing like three songs up front, they're yeah. up, up there playing, then the pastor comes on stage to preach. And I just yeah. imagine them leaving them up there for the whole <laughs> surface. <laughs> cause you got, cause you gotta, you gotta have them ready to go for, for, you know, the end of service. Well, cause you're going to do two worship songs. Bro. Did you see they light up too? <laughs> they do. So <laughs> it literally was like, uh, it reminded me of, a. Uh, uh, that I got a feeling music video with the black eyed peas, yes. with yes. just like the green, the green and black, just flashing lights. Mm-hmm. Man, um, that that brings me back. It's a great, great song, man. Great I, song. My personal thoughts are: if if I were to, you know, be the decision maker for a church in this area, my thought process going into a Christmas service or really any service, yeah, is the main point. For everyone, believer, non-believer, it's Jesus. Yeah. And we want to do everything possible from start to finish of the service, from the time someone gets out of their car to gets back into their car to leave, to point to Christ. And anything that distracts from that, in my opinion, is it's not just like neutral, it's actually detrimental. Yeah. And so if if I were the decision maker and again this a lot of this comes to like knowing the context of your people, knowing who's coming, is this more of a Christmas show rather than a Christmas church service, which I yeah. do think those are two different things. I saw it called a program. I saw that. Yeah, where like it wasn't like 
it wasn't a Sunday morning service. It was like a program that they put yeah. on for the community, and then they shared the gospel at the end of it. Yes, and those are two different things, right? Two different things. And so I, I just think, personally, if I were the decision maker, I probably would stray away. But I don't go to their church. I'm not the decision maker at that church. Yeah. I'm not going to hop on TikTok and make a 13-minute video or 13-second oh. video responding to, to all this going on because, hey, you can't sharpen iron. Iron sharpening iron doesn't happen in a hashtag no. on TikTok, all right? Yeah. It happens in dialogue. Not, it's not the medium and the forum for that. It's not that there shouldn't yeah. be dialogue. It's not that there shouldn't be accountability. That's not the medium or forum for that. That's more clickbait than anything else. Yeah. But it's like, so here's here's where I'll end with this. It's like, I'm 100% with you. It's probably not what I would have done. Um, and it's like, the glory of Jesus is the most important thing. But this is where it's like, do we not think that there's going to be a spectacle in heaven? It's true. Like, do like we really party. think? Do we really think that God is like pulling up in just like some janky temple and sit, sitting on like a pool chair? Right. Like, bro, he's he is the spectacle of all spectacles. So spectacle is not wrong. Yeah. When Jesus has made the focus of it. Yep. What happens is like oftentimes we, the spectacle is the focus in and of itself and it's taken yep. away from Jesus. I don't know what the situation is with that church. Cause like I wasn't there. I've only it's, seen a 15 yeah. second clip. It's not so like, fair who, for us to judge. Who's, who's to say what the focus of that is. Right. But like, I just see a lot of the conversation coming in where it's like, Oh, it's like they're hanging from the ceiling. They hate Jesus. Angels fly, bro. There's going to be like, who's to say there's not flying drummers around the throne right That's now. What I'm like saying. you, you don't, you don't know that man. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just it's the, the the conversation. I hate the conversation. I know. I'm trying to get off Christian TikTok. I'm tired of it. Yeah, it was it was my entire for you page, though. <laughs> my entire for you page. Um, but here's here's how I'll transition into this episode. It takes a lot of money to put on something it does. like that. It Quite does. a large budget. It does. Um, so here's the thing: as young adults, we're we're not rolling in it. We we don't have <laughs> drummer. We don't have drummer boy money. We. Uh, <laughs> We ain't got nothing like that. But oftentimes, like what we see in uh, churches and we see in scripture is like Jesus talked about money more than anything else. Yeah. Like more than anything else in the Bible. And so there's this call to be generous with our money. There's a call to give. There's a there's a and I've, I've seen, especially with a lot of young adults, there's a desire to follow that. Yeah. But it's like, man, like how do we steward the money and the resources that we've been given when like when we don't have a lot to begin with? Yeah. Um, and I think there's a couple places that we can go to in scripture that give us examples of this. Um, but I think that's just something that like, I know a lot of like our high schoolers wrestle with where it's yeah. like, how do I tithe when I don't like the paycheck that I make is $15 of babysitting money. Right. Um, it's like, what well, what do I do with this? And so I think this is going to be a really interesting and hopefully helpful episode in that area. Yeah. I also think it's a timely episode just because it's that time of the year, it you is. know, November, December deadlines are coming up. This is when the church giving drops Tuesday. the it's giving you know, Tuesday. Giving, I have yeah. thoughts about giving Tuesday. You it's just open a whole can of worms. <laughs> but it's that it's that time of year where, yeah. you know, churches and, and I will say a lot of the time from a really good biblical heart preach the topic of giving. Yeah. And and I think a lot of us, especially young adults, can hear those messages and hear these sermons that are biblically that accurate, that are faithful to the text, that are exegeted properly. And we hear them and we just we hear them more as the church asking for our money 
rather yeah. than a pastor who has, has faithfully prayed over and preached this text. Yeah. And so we actually turn a cold heart. We, we, turn, we turn our backs on this message in particular because it deals with an area that we're just a little too uncomfortable to actually face the fact of if we are being faithful with our money or not. And so, but I will also say there are lots of churches who uh-huh. do not preach uh-huh. this text biblically, who do uh-huh. not preach this faithfully. And and I think, I think we have to be weary of that. But I, I really do think the heart behind a lot of these messages, especially from faithful and biblical churches, is to preach the truth. Yeah. And I think a lot of times the initial reaction from Christians is just to turn around because it's a little uncomfortable. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. And I think we have to understand the terrain we're walking in here too, where it's like there have there are churches like faithfully and prayerfully like want to incorporate a habit of giving yeah. into our people. Like that that is the habit we want more than your money. Because that that's what it looks like to follow Jesus. Yeah. Um at the same time, the flip side of the coin is like there have been churches, there have been pastors over the years that have like used sermons like that for personal profit, for personal gain. And it's like, can't ignore that. And so there's like yeah. almost like a healthy, I would say fear anytime money is preached where it's like, ooh, ooh, are, are, are we sure about that? Yeah. Um, but like one of the things like I've seen like a lot of pastors just do over the years is like I've seen them acknowledge that from the stage. And one of the best things I've heard is just like, hey, we want you to give to God and be a healthy follower of Jesus more than you want to give to us. So like I've heard pastors be like, hey, here's like a list of like five or six different places where you can go and give um, because we want you to follow in what Jesus has told you to do more than we actually want your money. Um, yeah. And that I think that's been a healthy framework. Like I, I know even for like, young adults when they hear this is like everybody tenses up or it's like <gasps> like what do we what do we do with this but i think understanding where people are at what's been done and helping to understand the terrain of what we're walking into i think will be a helpful framework for this conversation yeah and i i agree i think the basis of where your church starts is are is your church trying to develop a pattern of generosity in your life yeah. not just in money but in other areas of your life yeah or is the church just trying to meet some budget quota? Yeah. And I think you can tell the difference in the way that this message is communicated because just like you said, a church that cares more about your generous heart is going to say, hey, if if for whatever reason, maybe you have some church hurt and, you, and you're just not comfortable giving to us here yet, yeah. here is a list of, of other biblical Christian ministries that are advancing God's kingdom actively. Yeah. Give to them instead. Now, I would say for someone who's had church hurt, especially in this area, giving to other external ministries is great, but it's not, it's still not the solution because Christians are called to commit financially in a lot of ways to the people that they have covenanted with means like in membership. If, if you have covenanted with a body, then in a part of that covenant is covenanting financially with them. Yeah. But that first step of opening the door saying, hey, we know that, that pastors have abused this, that churches have taken yeah. advantage of you. And so if you are not comfortable giving here yet, give here because we just desire the heart of generosity. Yeah. And I think that's where you can start to determine, man, does a church care about you looking more like Jesus? Or does the church care more about hitting some quota that it has to hit by the end of the year? And those are two yeah. very different things. Two, two very different things. So 
I'll, I'll throw this back to you, man. What would you say to the young adult that like has the desire? So like they hear the sermon, they read the scripture, they have the desire to engage in the stewardship of money, but they look around and it's like, man, I got bills to pay. I got yeah. tuition to pay off. Like I'm, I'm in debt. The, the margin that I have, I'm not even like giving out of the excess. Like I, I can't make the ends meet right now. Yeah. What would you say to like a young adult that wants to engage in giving, but just doesn't feel like they have the ability to? Well, yeah, I, I think I'll say two things on this. One, the young adult that wants to engage in giving financially, if, if that's not if that's not available right now, like you said, the ends just aren't meeting right now. Man, there yeah. are other ways that you can be generous and give. And so the way that I've heard it described is being generous with your time, your talents, and your treasure. And yeah. generosity, yes, a part of that is your treasure, your finances. But we can also be generous in the way that we spend our time. Man, maybe we can't make ends meet, but maybe there's a family that needs some child care for a night because the parents just have not been able to get out of the house yeah. and enjoy some time alone. Yeah. Maybe we can give time back to the student ministry and serve students who need to know the good news about Jesus. And so my first question would be, are you being generous in these other areas? If you're not, let's start there. Let's get you plugged yeah. in there. Let's let's teach you. Let's disciple you in how to be generous in your in your talents and in your time. My other like legitimate thought here is I think a lot of young adults just need to sit down and learn how to budget. Now, the legitimacy of this That's is real. you can sit down and budget and you still might not be able to make ends meet. Yeah. But taking that first step of being faithful with your finances and even just being responsible in a worldly Bro, sense is just I, to I, know where your money's going. I know there are some churches, like I don't think churches have been great at this, but I know there are some churches that do offer like financial planning. Yeah. Like, cause it's, it's, I was never taught, I'm a communications major and I went to a liberal arts college. I never took a budgeting class. I never learned how to manage money, but I know that the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. It's completely pointless for my day to day life. Amen. We all, we all know it. <laughs> um, but like, honestly, like look, look at your local church or your local church in the areas. And I know that there are some that do offer like financial planning and advising and stuff like that for budgeting. Yeah, and there are also some pretty good free online Christian resources that can help you there. Um, and even yeah. non-Christian resources. Like, there are budgeting tools that exist. You can just Google, like, budgeting spreadsheet. And there will be templates that you can import to Google Sheets or into Microsoft Word that will literally help you do it for you. But if we yeah. want to be responsible with our money and, and even, like, get to the point to where we can see if we have excess, we first need to take that step and budget. But... yeah. With the very real realization here that you can do that. You can put a lot of time into budgeting and making sure that you have everything in order and that it looks all neat in the spreadsheet, and you still may not have excess. Yeah. And that's just the season of life that some of well, us are in. And so he, here's the thing. It's like God values obedience over amount of money. Yeah. So like he wants you to be obedient to him more than he wants you to hit a certain excess amount of money that you give to him. And like, if I could put a text to that, like Mark 12 and uh, the widow that just like, she gave yeah. what she had. She gave like two pennies. And it's like in that story, Jesus sees like this man throwing all this money into the offering. And he put like, I don't know how much he put in there, but let's just say he put like two grand. Ooh, yeah. Like he's, he's the top giver of the year. And this, this widow goes up and she just drops in two pennies. And the, the uh, Pharisees, most of them was like, well, which one, 
which one gave more? And he's like, the widow, because she gave everything she had. It's not about the amount, but it's like that woman gave everything to Jesus. And like my mind immediately goes um, to the woman that poured out the perfume on Jesus's feet and washed it on his feet. Like there ain't nothing special about perfume. We don't need to be anointing people's feet in the church, but I'm like, she gave the most expensive thing she had. She gave everything she had. And like more than what, more than God wants your money. He wants all of you. And the yeah. problem is money has pieces of us that belong to God. And so what God says, say, Hey, give me what's already mine. Give me the resources that I've already given you. I don't want your money. I want you. Yeah. And that's, that's the, the, the story of, of Mark 12 right there. And I think for a lot of like high schoolers and young adults, and I think especially even in my life too, where I've struggled with this, it's just like, God wants what I can give him. And if that is two pennies, I'm going to give that to the glory of God. And guess what? If it's not money, like you just said, he's given me an excess of time right now yeah. that, that I can go around and I'm like, I, I can go spend 10 hours with middle schoolers like that. That resource won't be there 20 years from now, but I'm like, that's a resource that he's given me right now. So I will give all of that. I will give all of me to the glory of God. And so I think that's a reframing of this conversation that I think would be yeah. helpful for a lot of young adults that are just struggling with, man, I don't have much to give. Well, and we see this in the story of Zacchaeus, right? Obviously he had plenty to give because he had stolen everything but when he encounters jesus his immediate response like like jesus didn't have to prompt him with this his immediate response was oh i have sinned against people and i need to seek repentance and forgiveness and so like without being prompted by jesus he goes and not only pays back people what what he owes them, but goes far above and beyond even that. And yeah. I think this is a good, I think this is a good thing for Christians to see because Christian hearts, like hearts that have been changed by Jesus ought to have this pull, ought to have this tendency, ought to have this desire to obey in generosity because that is what Jesus has given to us. He has been yeah. overly and abundantly gracious generous to us with salvation so yeah. that we can go be abundantly generous to people around us. Yeah. This is, it's, it's the old cliche, but like you've been blessed to be a blessing. And this is like, th- this is the funny thing. Cause like they're honestly, not every young adult is poor. Bless you. Like not every, there, <laughs> yeah, there are some guys, bro. Yeah. <laughs> there, there are some young adults that are just rolling in it. And, and this is a conversation like I had with a friend recently, but I'm like, he's got a lot of money. And I'm like, great, man. The Lord has blessed you with that. Don't, it's like, it's not a sin to be rich and it's not holy to be poor. Yeah. Like the sin and the, 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 the obedience is what you do with that, the resources that he's given you. So if the Lord has given you a lot of money, you have been blessed to be a blessing to other people. So like, it's all his resources. It's all his people. So how are you going to utilize what he has given you and the gifts and the talents and the money and the treasures to bless the people around you in those certain seasons of life. Yeah. Um, th- th- this is the funny thing though. I, th- I think we should end on this that I'm like, I find it fascinating that Jesus talked about money more than anything else. So interesting. And like, I find it so incredibly fascinating because it's also funny that it's like, I can hear people that are listening to this where it's like, well, why? 
Yeah. Why should I steward this? Why should I, if I only have two cents, why should I give this two cents? Shouldn't I invest it? And I think the, the, the biggest reason to this is like money gives us the illusion that we are God. Yeah. We can provide for ourselves. We can create, we have control. We have security. Those are all things that God alone wants to provide. It's dependency. It's relationship on him. But money gives us the illusion that we are God, that yeah. we can be like him. It's the same thing going back to Genesis 3, that we can be like God. And so more than anything else, money in itself is not evil because money's been, God created it. It's a, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing. Yeah. But oftentimes it gives us the illusion that we can do this life without him. So what he does is he says, nope, let me take that from you. Let me, let me, let me, let me take back what was already mine in the first yeah. place. And let me show you that your provision, your security, your control, it all comes from him and not, and not us. And I think that's like, that's one of the biggest reasons why I think why Jesus talked about money so much. Yeah. I haven't even thought of it that way, but you're right. Like money promises the things that momentarily that yeah. God promises eternally. Yeah. And how foolish Ooh. are we to like, I know, right? That's Ooh. a point right there. Write but that no, but down. The, but that's real. You can't it's take th- that's that's the illusion of sin. It's temporary. You can't take anything that money buys you. You can't take that when you go. Yep. It it has an ending point. But it's like the security, the provision, all of that, that's eternal. Yep. And God is trying to give you the thing that is eternal, but we hold so tightly to the thing that is temporary and claim that it's our God. Um and then we, we, we laugh at Israel when they're bowing down to the golden calves. Um, but like how, how often do, do we do the exact same things? Yeah. I mean, they just look different, you know, like it's they not do. something we build. It's something we get paid every two weeks. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I, I, I love the illustration here of, of the temporal aspect of money. And, and I agree. I think that is why God and Jesus during his ministry here on earth talked about money so much. And I mean, we see pictures, right? Just before Zacchaeus, he's talking to, he's talking to a Pharisee, the rich young ruler, right? Like this guy who, who, you know, was convinced that he was doing everything right, was convinced he was being obedient and and was convinced that he had like done it. Yeah. And when God asked him, Hey, go give away everything and come follow me. Yeah. He, he turned around and walked away. And that is, one of the most heartbreaking stories in the Bible yeah. because that is what we see time and time and time again today. Like I know yeah. people who have, who have heard the good news of the gospel and even to some extent believe it, like believe that Christ has done everything yeah. and yet would still choose the temporal nature of money and, and momentary pleasures over receiving Jesus and living eternally joyful alongside him forever. Yeah. And it's like, maybe this is a good question for you. It's like knowing those people who, who have heard the gospel, we've shared it with them and and they are making the conscious decision to choose their lifestyle over Jesus. Man, how, how do you love that person? Well, and how do you share the gospel with them in a way that man, like, yeah, it just helps them realize the faults that they're falling into. I mean, bro, it's the same sin that lives in them lives in me. And if it's not money in me, it's something else. Um, 
And that should be the starting point for every Christian. Like when we're talking about full circle with the beginning, when we're talking about accountability, when we're talking about an eye for an eye, we need to remember the log in our own eye yep. um, that all have fallen short and sinned before the glory of God. And so I think when addressing something like that, um, oftentimes I'm going to put a generic label Umbrella. on this. Yeah. yeah. Oftentimes people in that are just like, Hey, just give me a number. And if I'm given 10% right now, I'll give 15% and Jesus has my all, or I'll give everything I have away and I'll abandon the care of my family. <laughs> um, yeah. because like Jesus wants all my money. So all my money is going, and I'm like, we, we swing to a legalistic number in a sense. And I would simply say, just like Jesus wants all of you and everything he's given you. It's all his. Yeah. It's all his. And here's the thing. He has given you things to take care of your family. He has given you things as good gifts, as a reflection of who he is. And he has given you things to be a blessing to other people. And he's also given you things to give back to him. Yeah. Breath, breath and money are the two things that were given to us. that are designed to be given directly back to God. Yeah. Um, and so with that, it's just, there's not a number you can put on it. It's just, he owns it. And so you're just being a steward of what, what he's already given you. Yeah. I think that's a great way to sum it all up. And, and our encouragement here is like, this is not something that Reagan and I do perfect. I don't think there's anyone, any Christian of any age that would say, I have nailed this financial piece of the Christian life. It's not easy. No. But God, God isn't expecting perfection here. He's expecting and he deserves small faithful steps of obedience. And if, if yeah. we can offer that to him, man, like Christ's sacrifice on the cross is more than capable of covering the multitude of sins that we still yeah. that we still are, are guilty of. So, yeah, money. Crazy, crazy episode. Drummers hanging from the ceiling, chilling up there it. during the service. Bro. Talk, talked about money. <laughs> and if you're a Christian TikToker and you and you're making them videos, calm down. Delete hashtag iron sharpens iron and and take a break. What what's the what's the what's the audio? It's like sit down. <laughs> take a break. <laughs> Be humble. Be humble, Kendrick. Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. All right. Well, this is unfortunately the last episode of the year. And season two of Sanctified Ish is coming to a a close just Wrapped. like that. If you heard done. the clap, boom, we're done. Uh, but season three will be starting early in January. And, and we, Reagan and I are getting together over the next couple of weeks and we're going to start mapping out season three. And I'm already pretty stoked about yeah. what we have in store. Um, and so, well, yeah, we're not if, going if anywhere. We- don't if we could even just like, if we could even just let you in behind on kind of like our thought process over the last, I get only like five or six months. Yeah, it's like we've wanted to take these first couple of months here and even just figure out if anyone would even listen in the first place. Um, and so now that we know that there's more than just like my mom that listens, we got Florence, um, we got, we got review, Florence. Baby. But it's like now, now that we know that like one of the biggest things is like I don't care if you think we're eloquent or if this is like, who cares. But the fact that like we've heard, hey, this was helpful or this was yeah. important or this helped me do this, that means that it's helpful for somebody. And then now we're going to be able to invest in it a little bit more, grow the ministry. And um, 
see where this goes. So we're, uh, I would say the, the, the beta version of sanctified ish is, <laughs> is coming done. to a close so and we're going to be official. Wow. Officially official. We're launching a podcast in January. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm so excited. We should yeah. call it sanctified. Sanctified ish was was the beta test. You we you finished. make that joke. You make that joke every single week, and I know it's it's tough. It's a beautiful joke. It's tough. Uh, in the meantime, while we're not dropping weekly episodes of Sanctified Ish, you can check us out on our social media at Reagan Jones ninety seven and at Rots of one five seven, where we will be posting all sorts of crazy stuff. And so you'll definitely want to check that out. You can also follow us on TikTok at Sanctified Ish. And that is our official podcast page. Send us your emails. We want to hear from you. Questions, concerns, ideas, anything. Send them our way. Sanctifiedish at gmail.com. And we will see you guys in 2023. Until then, take care. And God bless. We're really only taking like two weeks off. It's, it's, it's not that long. People need to calm down. <laughs>